You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I want to just remind you that the uh, new uh, Bible reading cards should be in your uh, out your bulletins this morning for uh, the month of November, which starts uh, on Wednesday, uh, November 1st. And so uh, we're doing our daily Bible reading. We're kind of all uh, trying to read the same uh, portions of scripture together each day, and so the cards uh, are in the bulletin. There's some extras out there uh, on the table. There's a calendar if you need something uh, a little bigger. Uh, That's all out there uh, along with the Bibles and the journals because we're encouraging you uh, to do the Bible reading and then kind of journaling what you're reading on there. So I want to just again remind you that those um, are there, and you can begin uh, that new reading uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Again, if you've kind of you know, slacked off a little bit, uh, not been doing it. Um, Again, this is just a great opportunity, new month, uh, just get back into it, uh, and, you know, just try to (coughs) work at making that uh, part of your daily routine. So I just want to let you know that those are are in there. Today we're going to finish up our series on the Old Testament book of Jonah, and we're going to look at the final chapter, chapter 4, and in case you've missed some or all of the series, let me kind of just sum up the last three chapters. The story of Jonah is about an Israelite prophet of God who was commanded by God to go to this wicked, evil, pagan city of Nineveh and to call them to repent from their evil ways. And that if they didn't, God was going to send judgment. Now the Ninevites, these were the sworn enemies of Israel. And since Jonah wanted them to face the wrath and anger of God and for God just to wipe them off the face of the earth, Jonah decided to rebel and he boarded a ship and he headed to a place called Tarshish, which was in the exact opposite direction of where God told him to go. And once he's on the boat, this storm arises and it becomes quite fierce and it threatens to destroy the cargo ship uh, and kill all those who are on board. Now through the casting of lots, it was kind of determined that Jonah was kind of the culprit or the cause of the storm. So at Jonah's direction, the crew throws him overboard and the storm ceases. Not too long after his plunge into the sea, a giant fish swallows Jonah, and then he is in the belly of this great fish for three days and three nights. And last week we talked about it's there that Jonah really begins to learn some very, very important life lessons all of us need to learn. And eventually the Lord has the fish spit Jonah up on dry ground, And Jonah is commanded a second time by God to go to Nineveh, preach repentance, which this time Jonah obeys and he goes as he enters the city of Nineveh, calls the people to repentance, they did. Yay Jonah, yay Nineveh, yay God, right? I mean this is is where we're going to kind of pick up the story today because this really should have been a very happy ending to a very difficult story, and it would have been if it hadn't been for Jonah's reaction. Like I said last week, Jonah's reaction to what God does and what the city of Nineveh does is so crazy. It's just so bizarre. In fact, if you were writing this story, 
This is not a direction you would take the story because it's so unexpected. And it is in Jonah's reaction that he comes to kind of discover these three blind spots that Jonah has concerning the nature, the character of God. And incidentally, these are some of the same three blind spots each of us have when it comes to the nature and the character of God, which is why the story of Jonah is so relevant to us today. Now, last Sunday, we started with the first blind spot, and that was God is always, always, always working behind the scenes to prepare people's hearts for salvation. The second blind spot Jonah had concerning the character of God was God's grace is for everyone. Now, let's just peek in chapter 3 really quickly. Verse 10, it says, When God saw what they did, the, the Ninevites, the city of Nineveh, and how they turned from their evil ways, they repented, He had compassion on them and did not bring upon them the destruction or the judgment he threatened. But then again, look at how Jonah responds, because this is so crazy. It's just, again, it's bizarre how Jonah responds to God's graciousness toward the Ninevites in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. This change of plans upset Jonah, and he became very Angry. Now suddenly, we kind of learn something about Jonah and why he did not want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Now here's what we're going to learn from this last chapter, which is really kind of the whole lesson of the book of Jonah. And the key takeaway from this whole story of Jonah is this. What really matters to God are people. God's top priority are people. What really matters the most to God are people. And Jonah's problem was he never understood this. He never got it. And frankly, the world doesn't get it either. And sadly, many times the church misses this point as well. Many of you may not know the name of David Sharp, but his story is a sad reminder of how little people can matter to others. David Sharp was a 34-year-old man. He was an engineer, and he died in May of 2006 trying to climb Mount Everest. Now, this is not totally unusual because there have been almost 300 people who have died trying to climb that mountain. Again, it's not that he died, but it's how he died that is so unbelievable. This man sat cross-legged, in the snow, in a frozen stupor, where it was painfully obvious to everyone his life was literally being frozen out of him. The amazing thing is, is about 40 people walked right by him, seeing he was dying, knowing he was in trouble, realizing he needed help, but those climbers had paid tens of thousands of dollars to guides for this once-in-a-lifetime experience. And they decided what really mattered at that moment was not trying to save a man's life, but trying to get to a top of a mountain. Forty people let a man die without even trying to help him. 
As I read that story, it recounted how cold it is on that part of Mount Everest. The temperatures can drop to 100 below zero. Winds can blow with the force of a gale. Skin can freeze instantaneously. Frostbite can set in within seconds. And I thought to myself as I'm reading that, the coldest thing on the mountain that day were the hearts of those 40 people who did not understand what really matters. What really matters to God are people. And what really matters to God really ought to matter to us. Because until we see God for who he is and see people the way God sees them, we will never understand what really matters. And until we understand that God's grace is for everyone, we will never understand God's grace. Verse two continues, so Jonah complained to the Lord about it, about what he did, how he showed compassion toward the Ninevites, and he said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? In other words, Jonah says, God, I told you before I ever left home this is what was gonna happen. I knew if I went to Nineveh and told them to repent, they would listen they would repent, and you would change your mind about destroying them. I knew this was going to happen before I ever walked out the door, and I am hacked off at you. Now, if you're like me, you're thinking, Jonah, Jonah, time out, buddy. This is a good thing. This is mission accomplished. This is congratulations. Jonah's like, yeah, that's the problem. It is mission accomplished, and I'm ticked off about it. So what was Jonah so angry about? He was angry over what happened in the last verse of chapter three. God had seen how Nineveh had come to repent of their sins, asked for God's forgiveness, turned to him in faith, and so God, rather than pouring out his judgment, pours out his mercy. And Jonah became very angry at what God did. Now be honest. Have you ever been angry, jealous, bitter or frustrated that something good happened to somebody else, especially somebody you didn't care for? Be honest. I mean, I've often thought of writing a book called Why Do Good Things Happen to People I Don't Like? I mean, many of you out there, you get angry and bitter, jealous, frustrated, and depressed every time the Minnesota Vikings win a football game which I know isn't very often, but it happens. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Jonah, he was angry. He was red hot angry because God had shown mercy, not just to a sinful city, but to Nineveh, the arch enemy of Israel. Nineveh, a pagan city, a wicked city, a city that, that formerly despised every Jew and everything that every Jew stood for. Jonah was angry because God was just being God. Jonah 4.2 continues, that is why I ran away to Tarshish. Here's something else we discover. 
Jonah didn't run from God because he was afraid of the Ninevites. Jonah ran from God because he was afraid of what God would do on behalf of the Ninevites, Jonah's sworn enemies. As Jonah 4.2 continues, notice again the incredible insight Jonah had into certain aspects of God's character. He says, I knew that you were a gracious and a compassionate God slow to get angry, and full of unfailing love. I knew how easily you could cancel your plans for destroying these people. Just kill me now, Lord. Just get it over, God. I'd rather be dead than alive because nothing I predicted is going to happen. If you really want to know what the story of Jonah is really all about, just read That last verse, God is a God of love. God prefers mercy over wrath. He prefers forgiveness over punishment. He prefers grace over judgment. Why? Because he is a God that loves everybody, even the Ninevites. And God's grace is for everyone. What Jonah was saying in effect was, I can understand why God loves me. I'm a prophet. I'm a Jew. I'm an Israelite. I've lived a good life. But how in the world could God love them? Don't we do the same thing? I can understand why God loves me. I'm an American. I can understand why God loves me. I go to church. I understand why God loves me. I'm a Christian. I read my Bible. I pray. We sometimes get the idea that God really only loves people like us. What Jonah didn't understand, and oftentimes what we don't understand, is God's grace is for everyone. And one of the things Jonah was really revealing about himself was he was further away from God in some ways than the people of Nineveh. Now look at how God responds to Jonah in verse 4. And he says, is it right for you to be angry about this? In other words, God's saying to Jonah, Jonah, you're right. I am the God of compassion. I am the God of love. I am the God that relents and changes my mind. I am the God that likes to withhold judgment whenever I can. And Jonah, the reason you're right about that is because you just experienced that. Why do you think I fished you out in the ocean, no pun intended? Why do you think I spared your life? You're the one I spoke to and said go, and you said no, and went the other way. If anyone, Jonah, deserves my judgment, it's you. But instead, you are a recipient of my mercy. You are a recipient of my grace. Now, how in the world can you turn to me and say, I should not give to others what I have so freely given to you? You, of all people, Jonah, have no right to be angry with me. God's grace is for everyone. 
It's for us, it's for others, it's for our enemies. God's grace is for those who have hurt us, for those who have betrayed us, for those who have hurt those we love, for those who have abused us. Jonah wanted to limit the scope of God's grace and God's mercy. And no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how far away from God you may be, God's grace is for everyone. See, to enjoy the grace of God in our own lives and then deny it in the lives of others is to understand little, if anything, about the grace of God. Jonah was elated. I think he was thankful for the grace of God in his life, but he resented the same grace when it came into the lives of those he felt didn't deserve it. How often, like Jonah, do we despise, resent, and become angry at God's grace towards those we hate? How often, like Jonah, do we refuse to be the messengers of God's grace and instead run? Like Jonah, we need to recognize God's character is one of amazing grace. And we need to embrace that his grace is for everyone. The third blind spot that Jonah had concerning the nature, the character of God was God is always focused on the right things. God is always focused on the right things. For the sake of time, allow me to surmise the rest of the story. Following Jonah's message of judgment and Nineveh's repentance, Jonah leaves the city of Nineveh and he goes and he builds a shelter. And he kind of just sits there and he watches the city of Nineveh waiting to see what God is going to do. Now as he sits under this uh, shelter, um, his attitude is, okay God, come on. You know, let them have it. You know, Unleash your wrath. Unleash your fury. Uh, you know, I, I want to be here to kind of see it. As Jonah waits, God causes this leafy plant to grow and it provides some comfort and protection for Jonah from the scorching sun for which Jonah is very grateful. Remember, and this, this is modern Iraq, okay? And the temperatures uh, in, in that part of the region can easily get to 120 degrees. Now the following morning, God sends a worm and the worm eats through the stem of the plant causing the plant to die and wither. So as a result of this, Jonah has no shade from the scorching sun and high winds, and soon Jonah is becoming kind of heat-stroked, okay? He's getting faint, he's getting weary, uh, he's getting dehydrated, and Jonah, who is no longer the happy camper waiting for God's judgment to befall the city of Nineveh, he kind of, you know, wants to die, and we pick it up in Jonah 4, 9, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And Jonah says, yes, even angry enough to die. So the Lord says to Jonah, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there, and a plant is only at best short-lived, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Do you realize there's only two books in the Bible that close with the question, the book of Nahum and Jonah? 
And what a great question this is. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Now you'll notice Jonah, he really doesn't answer the question. And the reason is he knows the answer. God was saying in effect to Jonah was this. You're so concerned that the people of Nineveh are not getting what they deserved, but you have forgotten that you also didn't get what you deserved. Let me tell you the major difference between the God we serve and the God that every other person in this world serves, our God saves. Our God heals. Our God forgives. It's true that Nineveh did not get what they deserved, but this is the lesson God wanted to teach Jonah and us. God doesn't want anyone to get what they deserve. I know there are times that those of us who believe in the second coming of Jesus, we get anxious for it, right? Especially when we see the calamity, we see violence, we see tragic things happening around the world. We just kind of just think, oh, if only Jesus would come, we could get out of all of this and be done with it. We want it, we desire it, many of us wish he would just come right now. And we wonder, why doesn't he come? The Bible gives us a couple of reasons why. The first one's in 2 Peter 3, 9, and there it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. There's also 1 Timothy 2, beginning with verse 3. This is good. And pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Do you know why Jesus Christ has delayed his coming even in the face of a world that is more wicked today than it has ever been? Because of what really matters. The people who have not yet turned to him, repented and confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior God is wanting to give every person every opportunity to make that decision. Here's the bottom line. Jonah was concerned about a vine that was here today and gone tomorrow. God was concerned about a city full of people who were living in spiritual darkness. Jonah was concerned about a vine that was temporary. God was concerned about a city full of people who would live forever somewhere. Jonah was concerned about a plant. God was concerned about people. God was saying to Jonah, Jonah, you're concerned about all the wrong things. You think Nineveh deserves judgment, and you're mad at me because I'm not giving them what they deserve. You think you deserve comfort and shade, and you're mad at me for not giving you what you think you deserve. Hey, Jonah, do you know what I'm really concerned about? I'm concerned about making sure nobody gets what they really deserve. And so far, Jonah, you're consumed and concerned with all the wrong stuff. This is where I think it can kind of get personal for a lot of us, because I think there's a little bit of Jonah in me, and maybe a little Jonah in all of us. Because I can become more concerned about whether my dry cleaning was done right than I am about the person who does my dry cleaning. I can become more concerned about the service in a restaurant than I am about the person who serves me.
Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.